Hi, Emmanuel. How's it going? Hello. Hi. Good, good, good talking to you. So I would say for the start, uh, can you just introduce yourself? Uh, yes, uh, my name is Emanuele Baldacci. I work for the European Commission in the IT department called uh, DigiDigit, and I'm a uh, director responsible for uh, digital services, which covers uh, innovation in new technologies, data services, and uh, also the development of reusable solutions, agnostic uh, solutions for uh, public administrations in Europe. Cool. So... Um... So what does it mean in concrete? What does your organization or you as a person do on a daily basis or as a long-term girls? Oh, a lot of interesting things. Uh, first of all, uh, let's say as an organization, the uh, IT department is responsible for the digital transformation of our uh, organization, which is the European Commission. So in that sense, we are like... Uh, Uh, a digital agency in, uh, uh, in a national public administration. We coordinate several efforts uh, uh, related to uh, upgrading the technology uh, capabilities to deliver better business models. And uh, uh, in particular, in my department, in my directorate, uh, we are responsible for several important uh, uh, strategic files. Uh, I would mention three. The first one is the um, implementation of the data strategy. This is uh, uh, an approach that uh, it's transforming our organization so that it can uh, harness the benefits of uh, data uh, and the power of data to uh, make better decisions and to uh, uh, manage processes in a more effective way. Uh, we have recognized that uh, uh, the data ecosystem, as in any other organization, Uh, is challenged by the existence of silos and we are removing these silos because we want to exploit the potential of uh, connecting the dots between different data sets and uh, different data sources and uh, building uh, services that are uh, using uh, uh, intelligence to uh, extract signals out of the data and signals could be in terms of uh, uh, data classification for example uh, coming up with uh, Uh, a summarized version of the data that makes still a lot of sense, or extracting the causal relations uh, for sites, predictive analytics, uh, and then applying all these capabilities to different things from uh, case management, which is a typical uh, uh, duty or uh, task in uh, several uh, public administrations, to help design policies better in different uh, policy domains, first understanding what the issues at stake are, designing the policy interventions and then measuring the uh, ex-ante impact, so the potential expected impact of the intervention and eventually also the uh, realization. So that's first uh, uh, big priority. Uh, we are, the big challenge there is to, um, let's say, move out of uh, a legacy organization of the data and also a culture about the data which does not uh, support the share and reuse of the data assets towards uh, uh, an organizational culture and a technology-based infrastructure that makes this much easier for different users. The second big thing... We, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so how far is your reach? Like, are you... Um Is there a certain stop where, like, or are you um, responsible for all departments in the EU and also for the local level? Or is there a certain 
stop a certain border where you're not responsible anymore or you have no influence anymore? Well, we, I'm, I'm, I'm responsible uh, and my department is responsible for the implementation of these data capabilities within the European Commission. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm playing the role uh, that uh, uh, colleagues uh, in the uh, member states uh, at regional level, country level, uh, municipalities level, play in creating the similar capability for their uh, um, organization and eventually for the citizens. Uh, in terms of the competences between what the European Commission does and what the member states do, uh, this is an area where there is, uh, I would say, collaboration, uh, where uh, um, member states are responsible for setting up their own data infrastructure and their own data services, but we don't want to reinvent uh, 28 uh, uh, wheels. Uh, yeah. We want to be able to reuse and learn from each other. So typically, the uh, technologies that are uh, powering these services are based on uh, uh, reusable and domain agnostic uh, techniques. Yeah. Support, uh, on, in addition to open standards, uh, the possibility of reusing across different territories and different organizations a similar architecture and also in many cases uh, uh, the same services. We also provide to member states, uh, to the countries, uh, data analytics services. So, for example, we have uh, developed uh, through uh, an EU program called the Connected Europe Facility uh, a service called the Big Data Test Infrastructure. This is uh, a cloud-based uh, uh, testing place, virtual space, where uh, um, teams from uh, uh, government organizations in the member states can have access to the toolings yeah. and uh, the computational capabilities to perform uh, analytics tasks on huge amounts of data and uh, test new models, new applications. And they can do that without having to create an infrastructure yeah. or the technology so there is a, a very user-friendly environment that they can access and that we manage for them uh, as a service yeah makes sense makes sense um so i interrupted you what what else for big points next to the um okay so that was the the, the first uh, big priority the second uh, interesting priority uh, that we have in terms of our work program relates to uh creating what we call the building blocks that are uh, um, used to uh, deliver digital services in uh, uh, member states. Yeah. So each government uh, digital service platform is uh, carrying out uh, several uh, functions. And some of these functions are the same independently of what uh, or where the, the platform is, so in which country uh, or in which organization the platform is, and also uh, what is the uh, domain in which the uh, go government services are uh, provided. So, for example, uh, basic services like uh, identity and access management, so providing a, a technology and a service that ensures that uh, a person can identify himself or herself, authenticate yeah. to have access certain information and perform certain tasks. Uh, trust services, so uh, the ability to sign digitally 
uh, in an equivalent mode, including from a legal standpoint, uh, to income paper, uh, but also other capabilities like uh, exchanging messages or data securely from one point to another. So these are basic uh, uh, ingredients, if you want, of a government uh, service platform. And uh, again, instead of uh, reinventing these millions of times across regional governments, municipalities, different departments in a government, we develop together with the member states and on the basis of open standards, which are mature and consolidated, the uh, technology uh, solution that can be uh, adapted uh, with uh, very limited extra cost uh, in the different national contexts. So we call this building blocks because they resemble Lego blocks. Yeah. They are uh, interoperable by design. You can use them in different contexts and by assembling them in a different sequence, you can build uh, different types of uh, digital services. So uh, my directorate is uh, uh, responsible for the implementation of these uh, building blocks and also for managing the service. So providing the assistance and the support to member states when they want to use these building blocks and, and uh, deploy them in the context of their platforms. And we also work with private sector because some of these building blocks are powering uh, potentially uh, private sector applications. Yeah. And uh, that it's a good thing because it ensures that uh, the generic standards which are underpinning the government services are also let's say, reused uh, in the uh, private sector application that ensures interoperability between these services. Yeah, and it strengthens the uh, technology um, competence of the EU and like the positioning. Um, do you know how many member states using blocks of them or planning to use blocks? Uh, all of them are using at least uh, some of these building blocks. Uh, because the building blocks are already a key component of what we call trans-European systems. These are IT systems that support different policy domains. For example, in the domain of justice, there, is, there are platforms that support the secure exchange of information between the national authorities and the department in the European Commission responsible for the justice sector. And these systems, the, the IT systems that are uh, supporting this exchange and the uh, services that, that come with this, are based on uh, some of the building blocks that I was mentioning. Another building block that is widely used is the automatic translation. We call it e-translation. And it's uh, uh, deployed in several systems uh, to generate in multiple languages content Uh, on uh, basically timely timely basis, uh, so that uh, again you do not have to uh, either rely on uh, third-party platforms to do the job, or have to develop your own uh, application to uh, translate automatically the document. Yeah, did you did you publish the code? Like, is it what you did open source? This, uh, the, whenever there is a code, uh, the generic code is uh, typically uh, published. Uh, if not, uh, the specifications uh, are the technical specifications and the standards, uh, which are typically over standards, are also uh, made available and, and, and published. In fact, we are supporting in uh, the, the development of communities that are continuously enriching these uh, uh, standards and decisions. Uh, And we support also, in some cases, uh, with uh, um, uh, initiatives like uh, awards or, uh, or grants 
the reuse of the standard for uh, uh, different applications, including in the private sector. Yeah, I can imagine that like this is one of the biggest challenge that to make sure that everyone which could be interested in what you do knows about you. Um, I was on a big uh, IT conference, a big hacker conference, the hacker, the biggest hacker conference in in Europe. It's uh, called Chaos Communication Congress, and they're like quite big into open source and like about te into into technology. And they like also they're a little meetup of all people interested into uh, governmental digitalization of government and they talked about like um, they would need a list of open source software which would be able to use in germany on all department levels and had discussions and but um, no, nobody did know what you guys did and they would be quite interested to know about that because they would the guys which first are able to 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 take this in consideration that it's getting used in future developments and getting introduced and also to build on the on the stuff like uh, open knowledge foundation is one of the uh, organizations which are really close to this whole um, field so, yeah, so uh, that, that, that's a very good point i mean we are we, we are we, we have initiatives that we are uh, supporting uh, under uh, uh, what would have been the third uh, of the areas in which our my department is involved and this is uh, Uh, a program called uh, ISA Square. It's a program that supports uh, uh, with financial assistance at the development of interoperability solutions. And one of the uh, work streams in this program is, uh, um, is, is an activity that supports uh, uh, open source communities and uh, reuse and solutions uh, uh, communities and activities. Uh, The program, for example, supports uh, the, a platform that is called JoinUp, that is uh, a platform that uh, hosts not only the uh, solutions that are offered by the European Commissions, but also solutions developed by other member states. And that platform and the activities around the community of the Open Source Observatory that uh, is funded under this program are uh, supporting a dialogue with uh, uh, different open source communities. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that is in the government uh, uh, domain is uh, fully and transparently uh, uh, open for a variety of reasons, from technical to uh, legal to organizational uh, reasons, but we are strongly promoting uh, the uh, more transparency uh, and more reusability in uh, uh, investments done in uh, in the public sector in Europe on uh, on, on technology, and uh, here uh, um, I think that uh, uh, one important investment is also needed in uh, uh, not only providing uh, uh, let's say the basic data about the code but also uh, the right metadata so that the code and the different code lists, if you want, can be uh, searched, discovered, analyzed in a more harmonized way. Those countries that have invested more into, uh, let's say, providing a, a, a more information to the general public about the key uh, um, portfolio have also Uh, started to look increasingly into that, how to document and explain and uh, describe the yeah. type of uh, code that they have out. There. Especially if you if you have a lot of data, and like most countries, or there is a lot of data in this world, so uh, it's way harder. Like it's it's way more important to sort them and make it findable, so and make it through that usable. Um, 
I'm, I'm guessing your your organization is quite big or like your department is also quite big. Um, how do you think about like uh, leading them in the right direction? Is it really hierarchy or do you try to to motivate people to be more um, um, self self um, controlled, more agile? How, how it's said? How do you think about that? Uh, I think we are transitioning towards uh, a, a more uh, modern way of doing business, uh, but uh, as many other public administrations, we are still a relatively uh, traditional organization in the sense that uh, uh, most of the processes are vertical processes. Uh, however, there are some big initiatives uh, supported uh, from the top that uh, uh, are spurring a culture of collaboration, and these initiatives are compounded by the increasing availability of uh, tools that are uh, supporting the co-creation of uh, content. So uh, I would say that uh, uh, the ambition is to transition very fast into an organization that is prevailingly based on uh, uh, methods of collaboration and, and cooperation and knowledge sharing uh, as by design, uh, but we are in a transition. Now, in the IT domain, uh, for cultural reasons and because the industry has been moving for several years now into uh, using methodologies that, for example, are based on agility, based on uh, uh, collaboration across teams, uh, uh, integrating uh, various uh, functions, including uh, the development, the operations, and the security aspects of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, IT activities. Uh, this type of, uh, uh, let's say, model is much more advanced. So Agile, for example, is a typical methodology, or various Agile methodology are used in the uh, development uh, uh, factory of uh, Uh, of our uh, DG, but uh, uh, again, uh, if you think in a more radical terms, in, in terms, for example, of creating a data science capability and having the ability of uh, different uh, uh, teams to integrate competences in a, uh, in a seamless way, that's still not fully there yet. And uh, we are still a mix of uh, very horizontal, organization for uh, projects, uh, for collaboration activities, but at some points we are still, let's say, uh, in the uh, traditional uh, bureaucratic organization mode. And I've been working in uh, uh, national organizations and international organizations uh, and transitioning fully into, let's say, uh, a more modern way of working. Uh, it uh, takes some time. and. Uh, a push from the top, and, but also a cultural adjustment, uh, and uh, uh, one would need to do this without uh, uh, rocking the boat, because there are some uh, reasons why bureaucracies are organized the way they are. Uh, yeah. high, in some cases, uh, allows fast decisions or difficult decisions to be made. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, as you hinted, uh, um, uh, the speed at which the uh, business needs are uh, Uh, coming uh, and uh, and providing, uh, let's say, pressure on the uh, solution provider or digital transformation agencies and the availability of solutions uh, on the market uh, that are uh, uh, non-traditional, for example, software as a service solutions, cloud-based solutions, changes dramatically the way uh, a traditional IT organization works uh, and uh, push you to move towards uh, these different methodologies to, 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 to develop. Do you have a direct example how, how you started to try to start with the cultural change? 
like do you like for example yeah. one team started to work in this way or you said uh, we would like to have a ask me anything session each month or something you have a yeah. practical example yeah we had several initiatives including uh, uh, let's say all guided by the desire to do two things first of all ensure that teams would work uh, uh, across silos yeah. second to generate ideas uh, uh, bottom up and i would say also the the need to scale uh, in a context of uh, ever increasing pressure in terms of resources and high demands uh, Uh, so that we are uh, uh, generating synergies across uh, different uh, activity streams. So one example of, uh, let's say, this uh, uh, collaboration is the DexecOps initiative, which is uh, underpinning the transformation of our business model and uh, the different model in uh, EIT. Uh, originally, this was done uh, as a separate blocks. We had our uh, security colleagues, uh, the infrastructure people, and the uh, development factory and uh, they were working in sequence. And then, obviously, this had several shortcomings, so uh, uh, the uh, approach and the methodology was started for some big projects, big transformational projects that were also a lighthouse type of project, meaning that they were influencing the way things were done in uh, other corners of the house. So in that case, we were starting from something big and potentially also challenging, and we deployed the more uh, adequate and modern methodologies in uh, some flagships with the intention of industrializing them, the approach to the rest of the house. There's been other approaches which were starting more from the bottom, if you want, and we launched uh, um, uh, a new stream of initiative under the name of uh, co-innovation initiatives, where we were uh, uh, brainstorming together with uh, business and other uh, IT solution providers within our organizations to federate, let's say, responses to needs and uh, uh, create a portfolio of uh, very agile uh, experiments that would be uh, open and closed in a very limited time that would continuously generate uh, lessons uh, for uh, uh, either uh, uh, building something, procuring something, yeah or, uh, let's say, scrapping an idea that was very bad. That was particularly hinted at, uh, let's say, addressing the challenge of the uh, very big monolithic uh, traditional IT project that started with all the information uh, available at the beginning. They lasted for many years, but then in the meantime, needs change, context changes, and you're building something that is for yesterday and not for tomorrow. So. We were uh, uh, trying to adapt uh, uh, the business model that was created through a group of uh, volunteers at the beginning and then scaled uh, across the organization and uh, will now be uh, concretely materialized also in the creation of uh, uh, some innovation labs that will be also physical places where this uh, uh, design thinking methodologies and agile experimentation could take place. Um, there's also been uh, more traditional uh, ways of uh, 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 brainstorming about the way we work by, uh, uh, let's say, uh, constantly uh, uh, creating opportunities for uh, uh, discussions, uh, meeting, uh, let's say, matching the business and the IT uh, side of the organization and forcing them to, let's say, speak the same language yeah. through different techniques and different uh, approaches. 
Yeah, I asked because uh, most interestingly, I had a conversation uh, last year with uh, one one person working in in your organization, and um, it was about like uh, how to handle data and how to collect data from different member states and how to handle certain problems. I was just saying, yeah, okay, why you don't um, make this contacts and ask these people and go from there? And she said, no. I can't really decide it. I can just give it to my boss. And probably he says he's too busy. And uh, I said, okay, why you don't go to the, the other boss, like the above it? And he said, no, I can't just enter the office there and tell them about this idea. Personally, she liked my idea. She liked on her position, on her view, she liked this idea. But she was kind of like, like kind of in this kept in the, in the structure and most interestingly I, i told her that i was trying to get the podcast with you and it turns out that you are the her biggest boss like you are the the top i'm of the, the one who was stopping the things the, the top of the pack <laughs> so no no you're not stopping but um because of course you could say i have always an open door and um people could get in with ideas but if you have a 2000 people organization like probably you never get yeah. to work so How, how do you think about it? Do you have an idea how to solve this or is it just backed into a big organization? And No, I, 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 I think you need to address this issue. You cannot hide behind the difficulty that, uh, oh, it's public sector and there are the wrong incentives or we are trapped into our organizations or it's, uh, we are too big to make a change in a, in a lifetime. Uh, you need some uh, strategic persistence in uh, making sure that some of the initiatives that you have, uh, let's say, put in place will uh, gain momentum and they're also transformational in the sense that people start behaving in a different way. Uh, you need a lot of uh, coaching and, uh, and, and teaching and, uh, and, and providing uh, opportunities to For, for, for people to work in a different way. So, for example, what I found particularly useful in different contexts is to use uh, hackathons or uh, hackathons type uh, of, of uh, working together because once you have gone through such an exper experience, you will not go back to the old way of working or at least you will be in a position to challenge it because yeah. you have seen that you can also in a different way. Uh, now, again, to gain uh, uh, momentum, these things have to be, first of all, nurtured. They should not be seen as corners. That's why having, uh, let's say, these things uh, labeled as pure research or innovation and not part of the mainstream or core part of the organization, it's probably practically easy to do, but strategically not a very good idea, in my view, because you are uh, creating uh, nice isolated islands uh, that are not contaminated with the rest of the house. Um, however, again, uh, the pace at which the Uh, big organizations move sometimes is uh, not fast enough so you need to also launch some flagships I think and show that uh, if you are brave enough to apply these new methodologies in areas that are not uh, let's say low risk but they're really the, the main business or where the organization is losing the face in case you're failing I think that you are proving that you are serious about transforming the way of work Then I would say also the personal example, uh, although it cannot be the only, uh, the only factor, but the personal example of uh, the top managers, the middle managers, and down the road, uh, let's say for the whole chain, it's, it's very, very important. So we also need to take initiatives at all level, and this is a message that we've been passing consistently in, uh, let's say, in the, in the IT department of the commission, take initiative, challenge the rules in some cases, eh? and uh, be heard. Yeah. 
Yeah, makes sense. Um, now I have a probably a kind of unusual question. What would need a young person to do to become a director in the EU? Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, I would say a, a, a strong uh, interest in the EU project. Eh? Yeah. Uh, in particular, in the, uh, if you mean by the European Commission or the European institutions, uh, uh, I would say uh, commitment is very important because, uh, uh, let's say, We work on a project that is uh, constantly challenged. It's uh, difficult. Uh, we cannot hide behind that. So let's say there may be easier, easier spots where one could, uh, uh, could work. Uh, you also need to be a civil servant, uh, in term, or at least be willing to contribute for part of your life uh, as, a, as a civil servant, uh, because we are not uh, in this position for profit. Uh, yeah. We are a non-profit organization, and that also dictates some of the approaches that we are taking. The risk analysis is done uh, differently from uh, uh, private sector for obvious reasons, and also the way we evaluate uh, uh, and uh, define success is also different. So we yeah. have a bottom line, we still need to be efficient and effective, but we also want to measure results in terms of uh, uh, the value that our activities bring. Uh, then I would say in today's uh, organization, uh, particularly for the European Commission, uh, having, uh, uh, let's say, the ability to accumulate experiences, not necessarily only within the organization, but also in uh, different uh, parts of the labor market and across different domains, proving fungibility and uh, ability to deal uh, not only with the technical problems, but also with the uh, political issues related to the work that we are doing. It's uh, equality. Communication is uh, increasingly a must for everyone, not just for directors, everyone working uh, on, uh, on, the, uh, on an organization. And then I would say, obviously, as a managerial position, uh, you also need to have, uh, let's say, uh, experienced yourself uh, and shown that you can carry out uh, different types of projects, be small, innovative, traditional, uh, with a similar track record of uh, success, be able to uh, lead transformation, but also be uh, willing and able to uh, make sure that uh, not only the most innovative part of the house is following you, but that you are, uh, let's say, taking care of also those parts of the staff that, for example, are less interested in changing things and uh, less motivated or less skilled, and that you move everyone, uh, maybe not at the same pace, but uh, move everyone forward. And we are a people organization, so people-to-people -people, uh, uh, skills are uh, increasingly important, but I wouldn't say this is exclusively Uh, a competence for the European Commission. So, in the end, my view is that uh, uh, if you are a young person and uh, look into, let's say, a career that would lead you to uh, a managerial post in an organization like the Commission, the best way is to keep your width uh, of uh, experience and, uh, and, and build a track record that uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be working in the same organization forever. Uh, yeah. that, I think it's uh, something that uh, uh, increasingly will be the terms of reference for uh, uh, managerial uh, uh, positions, uh, let's say, in any public organization. Yeah. Like blending experiences, blending competences, uh, having the ability to work in different environments. Yeah.
Makes sense. So what are your favorite books? Oh, I have uh, many. Uh, if you think about uh, known uh, uh, professional books, uh, uh, <laughs> I like a lot uh, history and the Roman history in particular. Uh, so I would say Gibbons, The Decline of the Roman Empire, okay. uh, which is a very old book. Uh, it's centuries old. But it's still uh, a reference manual, and uh, I would say there are lessons for any big organizations there. Eh? As the ancient Roman Empire was at one point uh, dominating the world, and yeah. seeing uh, in the eyes of their own uh, uh, rulers uh, um, something that would never end. In the end, they were building already, uh, let's say, the um, elements and the weaknesses that would lead to a fall and decline. Yeah. And I think that this is a lesson for any big organization, political organization, but also uh, economic organization. Yeah. So you grow and you seem that you are at the peak and you can continue expanding and you are growing your uh, weaknesses because of some, uh, let's say, uh, inherent vulnerabilities that you are not addressing earlier. Yeah. Not easy to see these things coming and uh, we have, uh, let's say, several experiences, including in business, of uh, very successful organizations failing. Uh, just because they haven't seen the change in the landscape uh, coming up. Yeah. So having a vision, foresight, ability to think out of the box, these are all things that will help you survive. Cool. And uh, my last question is, uh, if you could go back in time to your 18 or 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Uh, so comparing, uh, let's say, my... Uh, to Myself yeah. to the you, universe. Uh, yeah, you go to time, in the time back machine and you meet your 18-year-old self for five minutes. What would you tell him? I think the 18-year-old self would say, wow, I would never think I would land there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, my today's self would uh, probably be a bit jealous of the different uh, roads open that you have when you are 18 and 20, which is uh, a good thing to have. Huh? I think at any age, I would say, but definitely when you are uh, when you are 18. So don't lock yourself early on into something and uh, explore the world. Cool. Would you say something differently to your 20 uh, and then to your 30-year-old self? Uh, no, probably not. I don't see a big difference uh, in today's world uh, for the good or the worse uh, between uh, the, the 20s and the 30s. Huh? Uh, that's, that's the way I see it, at least. Huh? Okay, but cool. Uh, let's say what I know is that this is your most productive uh, time of uh, your life, huh? uh, and I'm coming from a research background, and that's uh, it's proven that uh, let's say you build on uh, in the subsequent phases of your career on the efforts and investment in terms of knowledge that you've made uh, uh, even scientifically in this very early year. So use use the time effectively because this is the time when you are really able to produce uh, new things and, uh, and, and novel things. Then you can consolidate and add experience on top of this to make this available to others. But uh, I would say to myself, <laughs> uh, use the time effectively as well. Cool. Thank you very much, Emmanuel. Thank you. Pleasure to talk to you. <laughs>